Well, good morning. It's great to see you this morning. Well done for braving uh, the snow. I don't know how bad it is outside at the moment. Um, I'm going to clear my name for being the person who throws snowballs at houses in a little, in a little moment. Um, or maybe not clear my name, just confess slightly more so you can get the context. All about the context of the story. Before we do that, um, I just want to publish uh, some bands of marriage. So I published the bands of marriage between Alexander Martin James of the parish of St. Peter Ealing and Simon Zhao also of St. Peter's Ealing and both on the electoral roll of St. Paul's Ealing. This is for the third and final time of asking. And also between Mornay Ackerman of the parish of St. Barnabas Ealing and of Rebecca Jackson of Greenford Magna and both on the electoral roll of this parish. This is also for the third and final time of asking. If any of you know any reason why these people may not marry each other, you are to declare it. And before we pray for them, it's great to just congratulate Ben. Some of you will know Ben. He's our worship intern here at St. Paul's. He proposed to his girlfriend, Karen, yesterday, and they're now engaged, and they're here this morning. So congratulations, guys. And they didn't know I was going to do that, and they're now very pink. So let's pray for uh, Alex and Simon and Mornay and Becky and uh, Ben and Karen. Lord, we thank you for your gift of grace and love to us. And we pray for Alex and Simon, Mornay and Becky, as they prepare for their marriage in a few weeks' time. And also for Ben and Karen. Would you bless all three of these couples with your grace, mercy and peace. May your life and light shine through them in all they do. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. It's great to start with good news. To celebrate today, isn't it? Um, Forget the snow fighting. You can just think I'm a terrible man who throws snowballs at houses. Um, it was actually over the top of houses. I was, wasn't meaning to aim for the roofs, but, you know, mistakes happen. House on the other side. House on the other side. Well, I couldn't see what happened, so... <laughs> Ignorance is bliss until the bill arrives for a greenhouse. Um, anyway, this morning, Lord, speak to us, we pray, through your word. Um, can this morning, are you, would you be able to identify a situation in your own life where you would love God to speak to you? Can you think of a, 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 an issue, a challenge, where you would think, God, would you please give me your perspective? Would you speak to me? Um, I don't know if it's a tricky situation at work or if it's a family challenge, maybe a parenting challenge, or, or just the fact that you would love God to speak. Maybe you would, be, you would say about yourself, I don't think I've ever heard God speak to me. Because I think actually, conversations that I have with people, that's one of the questions people ask. Um, we as a life group uh, this week started a, a series of kind of evenings looking at the Lord's Prayer. Uh, we wanted to echo the, the prayer of the disciples, if you like, in Luke chapter 11, which is Lord teach us to pray. Um, we wanted to learn how to pray. And maybe some of us think, yeah, really, I would love to learn how to pray. And I had a conversation with uh, someone in our group and, about prayer. And, um, and they said to me, I think I could grow in how I talk to God and how I pray, uh, maybe in my head or in, out loud. But when it comes to listening to God and hearing his voice, that's a whole other challenge. That's really tricky. I don't know if I really know how to listen to God or if I've ever heard him speak. And in this passage, we, we come to uh, an incredible experience the disciples had, or the three disciples had, the kind of closest disciples to Jesus. 
after Jesus had asked them the question, that pivotal question, who do you say I am? And had been revealed as the Messiah, the Christ, the Son of God. He takes these three up the mountain and they suddenly have an incredible experience of the glory of God revealed in Jesus. They respond in terror because they were good Jews. They knew that if the glory of God was seen, it was probably the last thing that you would see. But it's not the last thing they see. Um, They see more than just the glory of God. The presence of God in the cloud, and we we know that from the stories of of the Exodus and on Mount Sinai and the upper mountain again, and the presence of God in the cloud, the glory of God descends upon Jesus. And the only thing they hear from God or from Jesus on that mountain is this. This is my son whom I love. Listen to him. You'd think that God could explain the incredible encounter. There could be a description of why, you know, a reason for why they're there, a description of the glory of God, some, you know, critical, crucial instructions for the the challenge that would come ahead for them as they headed to Jerusalem with Jesus. But the one thing they hear, this is my beloved son, listen to him. And this morning, I want to focus right in on those words from God to his disciples and to us today. Listen to him. I hope to be really practical. I hope to enable us, if maybe we resonate with um, the person I had the conversation with this week, I've never heard God speak. I find the idea of listening to God really difficult. If you can relate to that in any way, then hopefully some of the practical things that I'm going to suggest this morning will give us an opportunity and, and some tools to enable us to hear the voice of God. Because our relationship with God is meant to be a two-way conversation. In John chapter 10, verse 27, Jesus is talking to the religious leaders and he, he's using the analogy that he is the good shepherd and that we are his sheep. And he says this, my sheep hear my voice, I know them and they follow me. The people of God, us, we're made to hear the voice of God. We're made to respond to it in the same way that a sheep would respond to the voice of the shepherd. They wouldn't respond to just any voice, they'd respond to the voice of God. We're, we're created in the image of God, and because that part of that is that we're enabled to hear the voice of God. That's a real encouragement to start with. God is a God who speaks all through Scripture. From the start to the finish and everywhere in between, we see God speaking to his people. And that's his desire for each one of us as we follow Jesus. He wants to speak to us. Jesus was tempted in the desert. We know the story. And he uh, is challenged by the enemy to turn stones into bread, to meet his physical needs in in an inappropriate way at that time. And he says this in, in response. People don't live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. You see, we're not just physical beings of flesh and blood. We're spiritual beings. We're made to to respond and live on uh, every word that comes from the mouth of God. We're made to be in communication with God. Prayer is a two-way conversation. We speak and God speaks. We tell him, we listen. God wants to speak to us. I don't know about you, if you've ever had what you would say was a prompting from God or uh, you've heard God speak to you. Um, one story from my own life, it's a little while ago, when I was first at university, um, and um, I'd 
it was towards the end of my final, or my first year, and uh, I'd, my prayer throughout that first year was, Lord, help me to share my faith with my friends. I'd love to tell them about you, um, but I wasn't that bold or brave particularly. So up to that point, we'd never really had any conversations about faith, and, and I was quite happy with that really, because I really didn't know what to say if they'd asked me anyway. So I just kind of thought, if I just pray about it, and God can take care of it, and it'll all be fine. And it was just before our final exam of my first year, and uh, I was at a, a meeting, a Christian union meeting the night before, on a Wednesday night, and I felt God speak to me. And I say when I felt God speak to me, I felt I had to talk to my friends the next day about my faith. I had to be the one who initiated it. And if I didn't, I was a coward. I didn't think God said the coward bit. That was how I felt. I knew I had to do it. Now, I couldn't say that was God speaking to me. In hindsight, I think it was. But that's what it was like. It was a compulsion in me. I had to say something. So the next day, I thought, what can I say? I'll offer to pray for them. That's the best I could do. I thought, then I, I know how to pray, I think, so I'll be all right on that. I'm not going to talk about anything too challenging. So we sat down in, um, in the common room, uh, and I just said, guys, I'm a Christian. Anything I can pray for? It's like deadly silence. And one of them said, my thumb hurts. Can you pray for my thumb? What do you do? You work with what you've got? <laughs> so I prayed for his thumb. It didn't get better. However, over the course of the next term, we arrived back in the September. We were sat in the car in traffic as most of my life was spent in Bristol from university. And suddenly the questions began. Suddenly. So Chris, can a Christian be this? Can a Christian do that? What does a Christian think about this? How do Christians work with that? They started and they did not stop for two years. Throughout lectures, through everything, just question after question about faith. And when I left university, I, was, I gave them all, a, I bought all my, there were three um, guys who I was really close friends with, and I gave all of them a Bible. And, and so they opened it up and tried to find the hardest passage to ask questions about faith. I prayed and I prayed and I prayed. And then suddenly this seemingly innocuous opportunity came up from what I thought was a compulsion that God had given me to say something. And I believe that God used those conversations um, to make a difference in their lives. That's one example in my life. And one example of many when those little promptings, uh, Bill Hybels, uh, the leader of Willow Creek, describes them as inaudible whispers. Um, I don't know how that would, what would kind of work out, but we're not likely to see the cloud of God necessarily descend upon someone and then to hear a booming voice. If, you, if, if that's a regular experience for you, please come and pray for me. I would love to hear God in that way. But actually, most of the time, it's promptings, nudgings, ideas, pictures, thoughts, these inaudible whispers that we learn to respond. So how do we learn to hear God? How do we do it? I think there are a few things that will help us. Um, the first thing, point number one, is we just need to be available and we need to ask God to speak. I love the story of Samuel, the little boy in the Old Testament. Uh, he's never heard the voice of God before and suddenly God speaks to him in the temple. So his first reaction, I think it's a perfectly natural one, is to run to Eli and to say, what do you want? And Eli works out that it's not, Samuel's not making this up. God is trying to speak to him. So Eli's advice to Samuel and Samuel's subsequent prayer is this. Speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. It's really simple. That's the prayer to start with. That's where we all begin. Speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. Whatever it is that we want God to speak to us about, we just want to be available and to ask. 
And maybe you thought, well, I don't think God would want to speak to me. But see, God took this little boy in the temple, never heard his voice, never heard God's voice before, and gave him a message that would shape a nation. If you talk to people who, Christian people throughout history, who've, who've made any significant difference in the world, it's often started with a little voice from God saying, I'd like you to do this. A little thing, but people standing saying, speak Lord, your servant is listening. So we start by being available and asking. That's the first point. The second point is that we need to dial down the noise in our own lives. Um, uh, when we first got married, Nell and I lived in a village that had two streetlights, no ambulances and no planes. It's very different living in London today. I don't know if you can hear the ambulances backwards and forwards, the planes taking off and landing and just the noise of everyday life. It's a loud world that we live in. Apparently, and it's on the internet so it must be true, uh, we, we receive or are exposed to anything up to 3,000 advertising messages a day. Alongside that, the average person in the UK watches four hours of television, along with uh, using the internet, social media, Facebook, Twitter, um, including you know, the busyness of life that comes with work, with family life and responsibilities, traveling, and just the noise that we live in. It's a noisy world. There's lots going on around us. And I think if we're to learn to hear the voice of God, we need to find ways of dialing down that noise turning it down that we might hear him speak. So how can we do that? How is it possible to reduce the noise? Um, I have a little rule that I try to stick to. I'm not always that great with it, but it's that I try not to use any technology before I go to work. So I check my, don't, don't check my emails or look at Twitter or Facebook. Now, I say I try. I don't always manage that. But I just want to dial down the noise in the morning so that I can spend some time listening to God. I was talking to someone this week who told me they um, have uh, kind of sometimes feel they need to check their email last thing at night. I've done that. We've all done that. What happens when you check your email last thing at night? The one email that comes in that's going to keep you up till two in the morning. I think we just need to work out ways that we can turn down the volume. Um, I don't know what that might be for you. Maybe you're going to now appreciate time stuck in traffic where you can turn the radio off and just go, ah, peace. Maybe it's just taking time out in the park for a walk in the evening. Maybe it's uh, just allowing your husband or your wife some space. You take the children so they can have some quiet and then vice versa. But they're just trying to find little ways, little places, little spaces where we can find silence to hear God speak to us. Psalm 46, which Nell read during the prayers this morning. Be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am God. How can we turn down the noise in our lives? That's number two. Number three, we need to fill our lives with scripture. Um, the main way that God speaks his timeless truth to us is through the Bible. Um, in Colossians chapter 3, verse 16, Paul says, Let the word of Christ, the message, have the run of the house. Give it plenty of room in your lives. Working out ways that we can get this book inside of us. Um, reading the stories of Jesus. However that might be, um, last year we, we did a big push in reading the Bible together in a year. And I know for some of you that's been hugely helpful. And I know others have continued that again this year, have restarted. And maybe that's something that works for you. Maybe actually to find that amount of time is quite a challenge. But just reading a psalm each morning or you know, taking time to read through the Gospels of Jesus as if they were just a story that you read through. Maybe it's thinking, I've got some favorite passages in the Bible and they mean a lot to me. I'm going to memorize them 
just a verse or two here and there. So it's going to be part of who I am. But just working out ways that we can fill our lives with Scripture. I use those little, uh, a little app on the Bible called YouVersion, I think it is. So if I'm still on the train or I've got 10 minutes, there's, there's nothing stopping me to get my phone out and just read through something. I found that hugely helpful. Just little ways that we can get the book into our lives. Because God speaks to us through his word. It's amazing what stories or verses or whatever might come to mind in a time of need. God speaks through his scripture. So let's fill our lives with it in any way that we can. That's number three. Number four. Um, sometimes when we want God to speak to us, we might struggle to hear him because there are wrong attitudes or actions in our lives that need addressing. Um, I don't know about you, but if you've had a row with your partner, your husband or your wife or with a friend or snapped at someone at work or whatever it is or uh, told the children off in a way that you just felt was a bit too over the top, when you come back to that relationship, it's quite hard to return to normal without dealing with the issue that's in the way. Is that fair? I think it's hard to just act as if nothing's happened. And God really cares about us. He really cares about our lives. He cares about our characters and our hearts. In fact, I think he cares about the person we're becoming much more than the work that we do for him. I think he really cares about us. And so if there's something wrong in the relationship, God wants to sort that out. He wants us to deal with that. And that just maybe requires us confessing those things in our lives. If we know of something that's there, and we think, I just need to bring that to God. I need to be honest. He knows anyway, but he wants us to uh, confess our sin, to repent, to turn away. And often then, suddenly, we can hear his voice with more clarity. Because there's not a blockage in the way of the relationship. So confessing our sins is why in the Lord's Prayer, uh, Jesus said, "Forgive us." Or told us to pray, forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. That's really helpful in our relationship with God to hear the voice of God. The fifth thing is this, is that God speaks in a whole variety of different ways to us. It's not just an audible voice. It's not just an impression. It's a whole variety of ways because we're made in the image of God and we're made unique. But God wants to speak to us. Obviously through the Bible, God primarily speaks that way. But there are, God speaks through other people. Um, through prophetic words that people have. I don't know if you've ever had an experience of someone coming to you and sharing a word of encouragement. I think a few weeks ago, Mark did a kind of hands up if that had been your experience. And you, someone had come to you and said, I felt God saying this to you and I just want to encourage you with it. Sometimes those words can be hugely timely. God speaks to us through one another. We're going to give just space this morning. If you want God to speak to you and you're praying for God to encourage you, why not come forward and pray? And those on the ministry team, I'm sure would love to pray and ask God uh, for an encouraging word for you this morning. At Hungry on Tuesday night, we're going to do just that. We're going to take time to listen to God and ask God to speak to one another. And the thing is, is when we do that, God does seem to speak. God speaks through one another, through our uh, just willingness to be uh, available to him. God speaks through creation and the world around us. I'm, I'm someone who loves to be in the natural world. It, it speaks volumes to me. It tells me of God's greatness and beauty and creative power. And, and it reminds me of the good things in life that I need to be thankful for. But it's not just through creation that God speaks. God speaks through those we encounter in the day or things that we see. It might be that we suddenly feel convicted or challenged to meet the need of someone we see or to get into a conversation with someone at work or we read in the job papers and suddenly a job advert jumps out of the page to us and we think, oh, that's interesting, and we explore it a bit more. God's promptings and nudgings and encouragements and his voice can be heard in a whole number of different ways. And I hope as I'm speaking, some of you are going, oh, right, 
I've heard God speak in that way, or I think that might even have been God. And when we sit quietly, when we dial down the noise and, and listen to God, it might be that God asks us a question, or he gives us an idea, or he stirs something in our imagination. God speaks in a variety of ways, and sometimes we just need to involve all of our senses, not just the ones with our eyes or literally with our ears. That's number five. God speaks in different ways. And finally, I just want to address the tricky or the challenge that sometimes we can, the question we can ask is, well, hang on, heaven seems really silent to me at the moment. I find, I, I've done all that, but God still seems not to be speaking to me. And there are times, it's true, isn't it, in, in our relationship with God where we do pray and it feels like we've just hit the ceiling. We, we ask God to speak about something really important and we feel like God doesn't seem to be saying anything to me. God speaks to everyone else, but why isn't he speaking to me? Someone said to me after the first service this morning, it's not just that we ask God, uh, why haven't you spoken or are you there? But God, you've got one more chance. I really need you to speak. Please speak to me. There's a desperation in our hearts at times. And I want to say this is the first thing I think is to remember that promise of Jesus. My sheep hear my voice. I know them. My sheep hear my voice and I know them. There's, we can't make God speak to us. It's up to him. And he speaks in unusual ways and at times we wouldn't expect. But sometimes we just have to trust that he really knows us. Not only that, that he is with us intimately, closely. Sometimes all we can do is simply do the things that I've said. We read a bit more of scripture because this is the timeless word of God. It always speaks. But sometimes we just, we, we're more aware of the noise in our life. We, just, we dial it down even further because we want to hear the voice of God. We're, we're more aware of the things in our lives that maybe we need to confess. Because God sometimes might be quiet, but he's calling us and drawing us to himself. There's a wonderful verse in Hosea chapter 2, where God says to the people of God who have really blown it, therefore I will allure her into the desert. It's as if God takes us into those dry places. Why? So I can speak tenderly to her. God sometimes in those times where we feel like heaven is silent, he wants to speak tenderly to us. And I just want to encourage you, keep going. Don't walk away from God at those times. Don't walk away from the one who will speak and he will speak and he will come to you and he will speak tenderly to you and he will bring healing and he will guide you. But hold on. As we've sung this morning, hold on. Don't give up. It's not necessarily anything wrong with you. Hold on. God is faithful and he's for you. And just before we finish, I do want to say, how do we know that it's God speaking to us and not too much cheese the night before? How do we know it's God and not just my imagination? Well, sometimes we don't. In fact, often we don't. Um, but if, if you're asking some of the bigger questions and you think God's kind of saying something that you're really unsure of, here are four little things really quickly. Firstly, God won't contradict what's in his book. Uh, he's, he speaks according to the scriptures. He's not going to tell you to run off with someone else. He's not going to tell you to cheat on your taxes or steal or whatever else. He won't contradict what's in here. He really won't. If it's, if it, is it, ask the question, is it in harmony with the Bible? Secondly, is it wise? Is it, is it a, a sensible decision? Now, some people might think, well, that's, God calls us to do all kinds of unusual things. But he does. But it's always worth asking the question, is this really wise? Is this a wise thing to do? 
Is it in tune with who I am, number three, and who God's made me to be? And finally, do those who know me well uh, say it resonates with them too? We involve others in that process. If God drops into your mind that you probably should call someone and see how they're doing, you don't need to run through all four of those things to check. Just give them a call. If you're wrong and they're fine, that's great. Um, On the small things, let's just go for it and do it. On the bigger things, sometimes we want to employ a little bit more discernment and work that through. So just some practical things on how we, like the disciples, can hear God say, listen to him, listen to Jesus, and how we can hopefully in everyday life learn to do that. And it is a thing that we learn. So maybe this morning we've come just wanting to hear God's voice. Let's join with Samuel and say, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. Maybe we wouldn't even call ourselves Christians and we're praying that prayer, God, if you're there, please speak to me. Maybe we're saying, God, this is your last chance, please speak to me. I'd encourage you, hold on. He will speak, he will come, he will speak tenderly to you. Maybe we want to grow in hearing God's voice, learning to discern those inaudible whispers. Why don't we stand together? We're going to pray.